passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. Boys are back, baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception, the show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Co. Matt Harmon here with you, and you're listening to Reception Perception, the show. All right, Matt, uh, you and I were uh, embattled, embroiled in a dynasty draft currently, which is uh, going very well. Um, and uh, and I tell you, we got a, a, a set of games here. I mean, a real set of games that we could look at, pick over, analyze. And I get it, man. Like you know, preseason games. How much stock do you put into it? Yeah, let's start there, Matt. Philosophically speaking, how much stock do you put into you know some of these preseason games? Well, uh, first of all, yeah, would we say preseason is um, real adjacent? Uh, I, I would say that <laughs> it is. W- one yeah. note on the on the dynasty draft um, that we're doing right now, which is uh, with our a bunch of our sicko tier subscribers, got started up yep. in Discord. So you and I joined. You know this is a uh, reception perception sicko tier subscriber draft because when I took Deontay Johnson, I think at a pretty decent value, you know, the whole draft was like, oh, darn it, you know, which is probably the only (laughs) only in the the reception perception sicko league. You know, I got a text from like our guy Zach Miller and, 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 you know, Josh and a bunch of people in the – in the chat, we're like, oh, wow, dang, there goes Deontay Johnson. It's like, yep, that's only in the reception perception draft. Because it, everywhere else, no one cares. No Every, one In real cares. life, no oh, one yes. cares about Deontay. Yeah, exactly. I love it. We are going to talk to Steelers in, in a bit, but uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll get sure. back to that. But, but no, I think with preseason, look, there are certain things that do and don't matter. For one, we are going to talk player performances in preseason, but For sure. um, th- it's not – that's not the most indicative thing when you're doing like, uh, okay, what matters in preseason? What doesn't? What really matters is, you know, playing time. Uh, wait, are guys getting reps with the starters? Are they getting reps with the backup? Are they not Are they not playing at all? Like, okay, are they playing uh, because – and are they being playing because like, oh, guy like Kenny Gainwell doesn't play. Well, of course he doesn't play. They already know who Kenny Gainwell is. Sure, they got to look at right. like DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. <laughs> uh, how much do you want to read into right. that? Like how much weighing is a guy like Greg Dulcich? Great example this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Adam Troutman plays way more than him, plays as like the inline guy. Yep. And, and you know, that's potentially a little concerning for a guy like Greg Dulcich. Oh, hugely really, concerning. Hugely concerning, especially because – I think to me, everybody in Denver is on notice. Like, unless you unless you were brought in by Sean Payton, unless your name is Adam Troutman, Marquez Calloway, Marvin Mims, uh, and Jarrett Stidham, Samaje Pirine, those are his guys. He brought those guys in. Everybody that's a holdover, right. you're sort of on notice here. So, uh, yeah, that that stuff all matters. And I, but again, getting too carried away with like. Wow, this player looks great in the preseason. That means he's going to have a big that that doesn't necessarily matter. So, but I'll tell you what, it's just good to you know I was away this weekend Some at data the points. fantasy football. I, I was away at the fantasy football expo this weekend, mm-hmm. and you know every yeah. like morning in my hotel room, I woke up and I was like, you know what, it's pretty good to just pop on like a, a little preseason action. You know, waking up in the morning and, and getting getting rolling there while getting ready to get out of the door and, and just seeing 
it's again real football, real adjacent football, but it's nevertheless better than nothing. What's great about the preseason too is like uh, you only really need to watch about a quarter. You know what I mean? You right. watch about a quarter because you see the the first teamers and maybe some you know second string guys uh, get in there. Second half of games generally uh, unimportant. Who really cares about second half of games in in the preseason? Um, to your point, I, I think I like looking at usage. I look, I like looking at, you know, where they're going to line up I, for the receiver p- portion as well. What I really look at is usage, right? Like, is this guy going to be a short guy? Is this guy going to be, you know, short of the sticks? Is he going to be running underneath routes? Is this guy going to mm-hmm. be running the full route tree? Is, is this guy going to be a vertical X receiver? That's what I really look for. Um, and I tell you, I think there's some really interesting takeaways uh, in regards to that. In, in today's show, though. Uh, Matt mentioned it. We're going to talk about the Steelers. We're going to talk about Jamison Williams, who I thought had a really interesting preseason game. Quentin Johnson is another player, uh, was very buzzy coming into the preseason. What do we think about his performance? And then the Chiefs offense, man, there's just so many question marks and, and you want to love someone in it. You do. You really want to love someone in it because, man, it's Andy Reid. It's, it's Patrick Mahomes. Who are we buying? Who are we selling in a Kansas City Chiefs receiver uniform? We all we all love Travis Kelt. That's fine, uh, but let's start with the Steelers, shall we? Um, again, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and then now, uh, yeah, I, I, I want to ask you: Should we care about this Calvin Austin character? Five eight one seventy ran a four three two forty. Has a thirty nine inch vertical. So the guy's got some pop, man. And I tell you this thing. He ran a lot of deep vertical routes, Matt. Yeah, so I do think we should care about Calvin Austin. Now, look, I think that um, Allen Robinson's probably going to be this team's starting slot receiver um, to, to open up the year. I think right. Allen Robinson is really much better equipped for that role than he was as the Rams' X receiver last year. We know that that was just not a good fit. It was not going to work for Allen Robinson in that role uh, because he's just not the same explode. Like, he's not running vertical routes. Maybe, right. especially, like, outside at this point. He's not running those routes. That's not what he's going to do. Uh, but he can do a little bit of, like, short. He's much better in, like, the short in, an underneath area and, like, getting open quickly, getting off the line quickly. Uh, than than it is doing the other stuff outside. So I think he can actually be a really good fit in that role. But if he slows down towards later in the season, maybe Calvin Austin can be – and even if Calvin Austin is just a situational player, which I think at this point that's probably what he would be. I don't think he's going to be like on the redraft fantasy radar or anything like that. But I really like Calvin Austin a lot uh, coming into the league. I mean, relative to being him being like a a day three draft pick, right? Like I think he was a guy who – you know, we, we talked about some of these guys coming into the league, like Wandale Robinson, smaller player. Uh, some of the guys that came into the league this year as like day three players that were um, that were smaller guys that that you know maybe more gadgety players. But man, you go back to like his uh, collegiate stuff, like Calvin Austin. You look at his mm-hmm. reception perception. He was playing big boy receiver. He was playing like actual wide receiver and winning as an X receiver at Memphis. Now he's not going to be an X receiver in the NFL. He's too small, but I did like him as a player who is, who's got a lot of burst who can win down the field uh, and can like run real routes. I, I definitely think he's on the sleeper radar. Of course, he's just, you know, he's, he's, he's probably their fourth receiver at this point. Um, all right. So you talk about Allen Robinson. We didn't really get to see a lot of him, obviously, um, lining up inside. You know, the the participation and, and the target share between Pickens and Deontay, it just it's just so I mean, typical, man. <laughs> you know, it's Deontay Johnson runs six routes, earns three targets, catches all three for 32 yards, and then what happens? Pickens runs seven routes, only sees one target. But you know what? It's all good. That one target, 33 yard house call. Right. So that seems yeah. like a very, very Deontay Johnson Pickens, you know, <laughs> split statistically. You know what I'm saying? And I would th- think the funny thing for George Pickens, too, he is, is like got no separation on the on the play, of course. But um, he no. does make the catch, uh, uses mm-hmm. his body well to frame out the guy. And then, you know, he it's a little run after catch stuff. I would say the interesting part about that George Pickens play is that he's running like a dig route, running a real route over the middle of the field where we did not see that a lot last year. You know, that's the point that like we harped on with George Pickens when we did kind of the full breakdown on him when his uh, when his profile hit the site. It's just all go routes and hitch routes and these real low percentage things. 
Yeah. But, um, you know, he ran a dig route on 7.7% of his routes in his RP sample last year. That's just so stupid. It's so low. It's just not. We've <laughs> talked about Matt Canada's route combinations. Right. I really think when you look at this offense, though, like they have the personnel. Like you could make you could make an argument that this team was just not very well set up for. Um, like you can you can I guess excuse Matt Canada for what he did as an offensive coordinator. That why it's so basic last year is, well, hey, I'm breaking in a rookie quarterback. I'm breaking in a rookie receiver in George Pickens who didn't play his final year at college because he was coming from a torn ACL, right? Um, so I got to keep things pretty simple for this guy. I think now they ha- – and but then, then their depth behind Pickens and uh, Deontay once they traded Chase Claypool was like non-existent. You know, they were running right. out like Steven Sims, mm-hmm. not, not just not a very serious receiver room there. So I think now if they have more confidence in – George Pickens in year two, they have uh, – obviously, they know who Deontay Johnson is. We're big Deontay Johnson fans. We know he's just right. like, the most underrated route run – like high-level route run in the NFL. They have a guy in uh, Calvin Austin who could be a nice rotational player, and they have a reliable veteran slot receiver in Allen Robinson, and, and Kenny Pickett takes a step in year two. That's why I kind of want to believe – and I might end up looking like a jackass for this, but like I kind of want to believe that the Steelers offense can open it up uh in in year two of Kenny Pickett and like again if Kenny Pickett's good and I think he looked pretty good in this game yeah this this offense can I think be sneaky good because Pickens I think is regardless of what you think is his ceiling is and I think he has a very high ceiling I think the floor is like the floor is like he's like what the worst case scenario he's DJ Chark and I think he's gonna be much better than DJ Chark right we've talked about like Devontae Parker I think is like a the low mean level and then like Mm -hmm. maybe the middle is something like He's Mike Williams. I think he could be better than Mike Williams, right? But that's still like I, the most likely outcome is like he's like a Mike Williams type. But maybe he really outkicks that, and he's a way better player. And then he, we're talking about him as one of the best X receivers in the league. And I think he could be some again somewhere in that kind of middle range this season. And he continues to grow and whatever, whatever. Um, like I really like George. I really like George Pickens. I don't want it to people to just click on the profile again and be like, "Oh, he's success rate versus zone stunk last year." Harmon hates George Pickens. No, no, no. I'm, that's that's not how I want to come off. Like I think he's going to okay. be a big important player this year. Right. I, I just and then Deontay, I think is one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. I just think this offense can be sneaky, like kind of sneak up on people this year. Hey, look, uh, you talk about Allen Robinson as third option, Calvin Austin, who I thought in this particular game showed a lot uh, of burst. And, and obviously his athletic scores w- would tell you the same thing. We haven't talked about Pat Fryermuth, who I think is a developing, you know, tight end. Uh, I, I really love, good- I love Pat Fryermuth. James, I am, Every time I get on the like the clock in the ninth round of fantasy drafts uh-huh. this year, and like Pat Fryermuth is still there, I just pick him every time. I, I, he's my he's like my favorite. <laughs> he's one of my. I wrote up the the, uh, the blueprint article I talked about a couple weeks ago on the yeah. show for Yahoo, and like one of the, right. my guy at tight end was was Pat Fryermuth. I I love he's, it because if this offense is good, if it. I'm right about that, it being good, like I think he's a really like he's a guy who could benefit from that. Yeah, look, look. I, I mean, his what would you say his upside? I mean, touchdown wise, you know, 10, 10 touchdowns is is an upside. I think for Pat Fryer, if we believe the Steelers' offense does take a step forward, and, and again, I understand, I get it. It was one of the worst passing offenses uh, in the NFL last year. You're thinking, oh, well, not much has changed. I, the development of players certainly will will contribute. And I'll say this too, Matt. Um, look, I'm not like some you know X's and O's Madden dude like. But just visually looking at Matt Canada's offense, or it, it looked a little different. You know, there was yeah. there was more route combinations, there was more intermediate area stuff. It just wasn't like this stick and go type of offense. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it seemed to me like there was a little bit more variety there. Kenny Pickett certainly seemed a lot more comfortable with it. And by the way, Mike Tomlin, man, like as much as people crap on Mike Tomlin, he's just such a rock solid head coach. And I think he's very aware of what needs to happen to be successful um, in, in 2023. He's got Jalen Warren. He's got Najee Harris. Again, Najee Harris is another player that, that gets shat on a lot, you know? But again, I, I just think from a talent perspective, talent standpoint, he's going to find a way to get production out of his running backs. That's what Mike Tomlin does. Doesn't matter who's in his running back room. He's going to get production out of those backs. And then yeah. can he get some production out of the wide receivers too? 
and Pratt Firemouth, who, who you really like. Well, I'd say there's a lot of ingredients in this pot, Matt, that Steeler fans can get excited about. And if we're talking about like Calvin Austin, who I'm, I, again, I do think we should care about for people who don't remember, he missed his entire rookie year with an injury. Uh, that, that was just a total wash. But again, to bring back his reception perception profile, which is on the site in the mini samples from guys uh, a couple drafts ago, right? If you just look for rookie roundup on the site, you'll be able to find it. 71.1% success rate versus man. And he faced man coverage, by the way, on 74.5% of his routes because he was lining up like, I actually wrote this in the in the in the write up that ran out as a pure X receiver for Memphis, like height and weight be damned, because again, he's a smaller guy. Lined up outside on eighty five percent of his sample snaps, was on the line of scrimmage for seventy nine percent. We're talking about I wrote we're talking about Jamar Chase like role here, which is um, not you know those two guys shouldn't be in the same <laughs> sentence. Like he's not going to play that role in the NFL, but yeah. he, when he was playing in that role as a collegiate right. player, he was good. The seventy one percent success rate versus man, eighty four percent success rate versus zone and he fell off against press i i would wonder why you know a smaller yeah. guy doesn't have the biggest wingspan but yeah you look at him if he's even just like you sprinkle him in as a fourth option and he's like lifting the lid for for this team which they haven't had a lid lifter on this team in a long time like who, i i like deontay johnson but that's not really his game he's he's not a fast player that's for sure even if he can get open down the field he's not a, a fast player even george pickens like he's going to make big plays on right. go routes it's not always going to be by running by people mm -hmm. right he's going to win contested that's definitely it's not alan robinson's game it was never juju smith schuster's game it wasn't mm -hmm. even really chase claypool's game honestly he was better working horizontally so yeah, yeah. like right. I, I i'm glad you brought up calvin austin because i kind of think He's an interesting guy here. Again, they just sprinkle him in just a little bit every now and again. Get the safeties out of the box. Like you right. get safeties away from George Pickens' side. Like you can get him some more, you know, single coverage, man coverage where he's uh, much better. You know, he's much better at winning against man coverage and press coverage. Like now we're talking about an offense that could be really interesting here. I think last year, especially once Chase Claypool, they couldn't really figure out a way to get him in space. This is an offense, the Steelers, they had no yak guys. You know, Deontay Johnson, as much as you're going to like him or whatever, underrated, that's fine. Not a yak guy, right? George Pickens yeah. doesn't even the know the right direction to go sometimes. <laughs> well, I think he knows, but he feels like he's back in college and he always takes that step back. He forgets. trying to create a little space. It's like, bro, you're not that dude. You're not that guy, my guy. You know, it's like you just just go forward. Do 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 the tire locket thing and just fall forward. You're fine. Just fall. Um, yeah, fall right down. Uh, yeah, and even yeah, even yeah, George Pickens, I think, is almost kind of underutilized in the yak game at times too. Oh, we for sure, hundred percent. Uh, yes, we've talked about that with um, even with Deontay, where it's like, yeah, we can bang on him for for not necessarily being. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say like the smartest player, but you're making these mistakes after the catch, but mm -hmm. also they don't get him like really good after catch opportunities anyways, because it's right. all just the hitch routes. But I think Pickens could even be a little <laughs> underrated there. We just, we need yeah. to see him doing more stuff like he did in this preseason game where he runs a dig mm -hmm. route over the middle of the field and actually has chances to break tackles. Correct. And I think Calvin Austin, also another guy that could be dynamic after the catch. I don't know. We'll see. But that part of it, the yak yardage, man. That was completely there, there was just it was just devoid of yak yardage in Pittsburgh last year. And I just wonder, again, just eyeball testing this thing, man, like it looked like they had a little bit more, you know, dig routes and uh, just some slant routes, uh, deep overs that that could get guys in a little bit of space with a little bit of runway to go. Um, that's going to be really interesting to see if Matt Canada did evolve his offense or if it's just going to be the same old, same old man. But I just tell you what. In, in one preseason game, Matt, it did look a little bit different to me. Yeah, I'm hoping so, uh, just because I really like basically all these players at different points in their uh, these receivers, really. I mean, you know, the, the receivers are the things I'm interested in. I, yeah. I like all of these receivers at some level, right? I think Deontay's good. I think Pickens is good. I think Robinson still has a little bit of gas left in the tank. And like, I think mm -hmm. Calvin Austin is a really good sleeper. So I'm really hoping uh, that Matt Canada kind of pushes this thing forward a little bit and we see uh, a different right. type of unit that's a little more akin to working in the modern NFL. And I like, I think Kenny Pickett is a guy that is almost kind of, I, I don't know, just right. He comes, he's the first guy taken, only guy taken in the first round of this bad quarterback class. Like, I don't know what his mm -hmm. ceiling is, but he could be like 
kind of a fun player. You know, he, he I think Kenny Pickett is a little misunderstood based on his draft eval, right? Like you would hear people talk about him and like, oh, he's kind of like a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Kirk Cousins, like just an operator of uh-huh. the offense. Yeah. But then you'd watch him play even at Pitt, but especially in the NFL last year. It's like this guy almost plays more, um, you know, like I I saw, I think Ben Solak and like uh, Nate Tice. I remember going back and forth with them last year when one of those games was on where like he almost plays more like Taylor Heineke, which I know sounds like, <laughs> oh, God, you know, Taylor Heineke. But, yeah. um, you know, Taylor Heineke plays like he, he he plays like he is Josh Allen, right? Yeah, Sometimes right, Taylor right, Heineke right, does. Right, he's like, right. but he's not, he has no Josh Allen skills, but he plays like he's Josh Allen. And, you know, Kenny Pickett is definitely not Josh Allen, but he's got a little bit more uh, in the tool bag than Taylor Heineke. This could oh, be yeah. a fun offense if he can play outside of structure because even sometimes the structure of the offense leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, no, I think to your point, it, what what he reminds me of is Taylor Heineke with like a Kirk Cousins level arm strength. Not the biggest arm in the world, but I think it's NFL appropriate, you know? Um, yeah. I think it's it, he's got certainly enough juice in the arm to to make, you know, most throws in the NFL. It, it's not, he's not completely lacking uh, in that department like Heineke is, but you're right. He's got a little bit of, he's got a little bit of sauce in his game, man. Totally. I like it. I like it, man. Um, let's go to Detroit. Jamison Williams, who we know is going to be suspended for the first part of the year, did get a lot of action in the preseason and rightfully so. I mean, the guy's just, again, he just has not seen a lot of live action, you know, play yeah. into the third quarter, which you generally don't see uh, for starters. I, I, we started this whole show saying, who cares about the second half? Well, I guess for Jamison Williams, it makes a lot of sense to see him play into that third quarter. He ran 27 routes, man. Uh, saw seven targets, two catches for just 18 yards. Matt, uh, before you jump in, uh, to be 100% transparent, man, like I watched this guy's play. I watched him play every single target, and I was just trying to dissect this thing. And to be honest with you, I didn't like what I saw. Forget about, you know, the contested drop or whatever it is. It's just, he didn't have a lot of sink in the hips. Didn't have a lot of separate. I just didn't like. I just didn't like what I saw. I, maybe it's a guy who's just knocking off that rust. I think there's a lot to that. But man, I tell you what, those 27 routes run. There wasn't a lot of separation on, on on a lot of these routes, man. Yeah, he's. Uh, now I wouldn't say that a lot of those passes were really like great, accurate targets or anything like that. So there, there is that. He's such a hard guy to read for me um, because we just have seen so little of him. And right, I get it. We're probably still talking about some rust that needs to be knocked off. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's we shouldn't be talking about like, oh, man, he's going to knock some rust off like two years into his career, you know, at this point, (laughs) like coming into his second season. So um, (laughs) and and again, the worst part of all of this is like, well, you know what he's going to have to do after six games this year? He's going to have to knock rust off again because he's not going to play. For the I first know. six games um, right. of of the year, so I go back to even like his college profile, and okay. I remember when back then it was like, okay, this guy might be the best receiver in the draft. It's like no way to me. He was, I think, uh, I think the ranking that class. It was like there was a clear top three. There mm-hmm. was um, there was Chris Olave, there was Garrett Wilson, there was Drake London, and those guys were in their own tier to me. Mm-hmm. And then the next guy down, like I think was Jamison Williams and Jahan Dotson. Like if you go back and actually look at the stacked rankings on the website, that's how I have it done. Okay. Um, which is the multi multi draft board that I put up this year. That that's kind of my view of those players that he wasn't in that class. It's a very good prospect. And like where he wins obviously was it's vertical stuff. It's, it's going right. over the middle of the field, right. but where, you know, his man coverage success rate is good. 67th percentile though. It's not like an elite number. And I think really where he struggled most was getting separation, like working back to the quarterback, like curl right. routes and comeback routes. And and I think that's the area, you know, even dig routes, like it's a, he's like an, a, about the prospect average in terms of success rate on dig routes. And like, obviously he's going to rip you downfield working in a straight line. I think, you know, running big posts. I think he's going to be able to do that stuff. But the, I think your point about the fluidity and like working like to sink your hips and, and work over the middle against man coverage on dig routes, you know, working back to the quarterback, that stuff is really important. And a lot of that stuff is just how fluid you are and how, you know, not like being tightly wound, not being too linear of an mm-hmm. athlete. And I think right. that like you saying that and being like people immediately say, oh, well, that's one quarter of a preseason game. But like, I kind of think that stuff is criticisms of this game already. Uh, well, I'm glad we saw the same thing. I, I thought I, I was hoping that, you know, I wasn't going to be on crazy Island over here, but 
But again, look, one of the throws was intercepted. I thought two more of the targets that went his way of the seven could have been picked off as well. And there was a there was a drop that he had. It was a contested, yeah. you know, catch situation a defender clearly in his kitchen, but he dropped it. You, you would have loved to see a big time playmaker make that play. Well, and yeah, I think and that's, he was, and I think that's he fair. was an average level contested catch player in college. Uh, his contested catch rate in reception perception was 63.6%. Like he lets the ball get into his body in tight corners. Yep. He doesn't, uh, we're going to talk about another player who has that same issue here, but he lets, you know, he lets the ball get into his body in tight quarters. He doesn't extend. He, you know, um, he can definitely get like, again, against press coverage, not really str- like the tight cover stuff is an issue for him. When, I mean, now when he gets, if he gets like wide ass open downfield, which he definitely uh-huh. can and does do, you know, when he catches those balls and he's clean and stuff like that, you know, he's going to make big plays, but that is also a concern that dates back to not just one preseason game, but it's right. a concern from his collegiate profile. I would, I think when I watch him play, um, there's obviously he's a long lanky dude and, and, and he's got some top line speed that can make it pretty scary, uh, for opposing defenses. But your point about these deep posts, that feels like that's the route where he's got to win because these DBs, man, they're just shading them. They're, they're shading the inside. Uh, they're, they're forcing him to make contested catches along the boundaries and who knows may, I mean, maybe golf can drop it in there. I thought golf played pretty well last year, but I, you know, again, I, I don't necessarily know if, if the, those deep moonshots are necessarily part of Jared Goff's, you know, his, his normal bag, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he could throw it every now and again, but that's not, that's not who he is. You know what I'm saying? But those deep posts, man, like if he could, if he could stack that DB and, and cut inside, and get to the inside of a player, I think that's where he becomes a really dangerous player. But Matt, we're really slicing that pie thin when we're talking about Jamison Williams. You spend that kind of draft capital on this dude, there's a lot higher expectations and a lot, you know, and again, you, you're, you're wanting a lot more from a player of Jamison caliber, uh, Jamison Williams, you know, ilk, than, than just to say, oh, well, he's going to be a situational deep vertical guy. I wonder if... Um this is just maybe like a, a wider range port. Brad Holmes, a GM uh, who I like, uh, I generally think is a, is a pretty good talent evaluator and a, and a good general manager. Right. I wonder if he does with these like high priority players, if he really hyper focuses on um, like specialists, right? Cause they, they trade up for Jamison Williams and right. remember how gassed up they were about Jamison Williams. You know, they were oh, yeah. so excited and, and like pounding the table and they had the exact same reaction for Jameer Gibbs a year later, who um, is like a 200-ish, maybe, probably sub 200-pound running back for yeah. most of his career, and who is um, you know kind of more of an all-purpose weapony type of back. I kind of wonder if um, Brad Holmes is just like, uh, look, I don't give a shit about like draft value or anything like that. I, I'm really just like, if this guy just moves the needle, even if it's in s- small ways, I'm just going to go up and do it, right? Because okay. uh, I, I, it's kind of, you know, I think you can say like Jameer Gibbs is maybe like the Jamison Williams of receivers, right? Or, uh, or the, <laughs> of running backs. And even the linebacker they took in round one is like, yeah, is he a full was, complete oh, linebacker? Boy. You know, oh, I, I, I don't yeah. know. So I think we're looking at maybe that's like a Brad Holmes drafting philosophy type thing. But sure. I'm with you that generally you trade up for a receiver who, uh, and you kind of, get him in that run of receivers where London goes off the board and then, and then Wilson and then Olave and you go up heavy for, um, for Jamison Williams. I mean, top and, 12 I mean, pick Matt, that's nuts to, to, right. to take it, to take a top 12 guy at the receiver position coming off of a major knee injury. You have got to be sure, sure, sure that when he's healthy, this guy can do a lot of different things and not be a situational deep threat. So to me, I just feel like, oh boy, this one's not, I mean, look, if he was a fifth round guy lobbying, you know, these kind of concerns is not fair, right? But I think it is fair to, to bring up these concerns when you're saying, yo, this dude's a top 12 pick, man, coming off a major ACL. What are we doing out here in Detroit? Yeah, and, you know, yeah, he tore his ACL pretty late, too, because it was January, January 10th in the uh, college football national championship against Georgia that year. So it wasn't yep. like a – it wasn't like he tore his ACL and then, you know, his rookie year was – he's still kind of in that area where – 
is he fully healthy? That's another thing that we have to ask. But again, I'm I, I'm not sitting here saying that the important thing is what James's critiques about him in the preseason because again, I think a lot of those critiques are still things you could have said on his on his college tape pre ACL tear. But it's just that this is all stacking together now. And the worst part about right. this man is that. They need this player so bad. Even if he is just, even if he's just a situational deep threat and like, you know, they're going to throw him those deep post routes, the deep overs on play action because they love their play action and their play action game is great. Their run Mm -hmm. game is really good and how it all marries together, how Ben Johnson marries all that stuff together, which is like the underrated, undersold art of play callers is how you marry your run game and your pass game together. Um, that there, that's awesome. Throwing Jamison Williams big post routes on the play action game is going to be. He's going to make six, seven big plays a month. You know that 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 help your offense out. Yeah. Even if he's just that guy, and he's still like, okay, is that worth the twelfth overall pick? And like, all your critiques are valid. Even if he's just that, that guy, the Lions really need that guy because they don't have really. <laughs> they have. Point. They, they, they don't have much downfield <laughs> threats. They don't. Their right. receiver depth right now isn't great uh, so it's just like that's even if that was the returns we knew we were going to get on him it'd be like yeah maybe that's disappointing for the 12th overall pick but they really need that player right i just don't know that we can even uh we can even say that's what's going to happen well and we're not going to see it for the first six games of the season that's for sure selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hey rob bradford here i have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what i have known for some time baseball isn't boring now i have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Uh, somebody who I thought, um, and you highlighted this perfectly, I thought, in your draft profile write-up of Quentin Johnson was, uh, this is a player that, uh, you know, in a draft full of small guys, this is a a big, you know, prototypical X receiver in Quentin Johnson, uh, Johnston. Um, and I don't know, he's got some holes in his game, obviously. And I think the biggest one to me is he 
he's not a great contested catch guy. Um, so we start this conversation by saying, look, the guy had three drops. Okay. He ran 11 routes. He saw six targets and three catches for 10 yards and a touchdown. The three, you know, incompletes or whatever you want to say uh, of the six targets were drops uh, and one was really bad. Right. Yeah. So I don't know, Matt, you go back and you, you, you're always the guy that says, Hey, drops don't matter. Drops don't matter. But in Quentin Johnson's Johnston's case, can we say in this particular case that maybe the drops do matter or are you still sticking with that? I mean, for one, the take is not drops don't matter. It's that drops are a little overstated when you do everything else well. Um, like, I don't care that Stefan Diggs drops or, like D, or DK Metcalf, great example. I don't care if DK Metcalf drops like eight to ten passes a year because he's DK Metcalf, right? Uh, right. You know, right. I don't care. Um, so that's just, that's just that. Like, the Jamar Chase dropping passes in preseason, right? Like, yeah, right, right. And, right, and that's right. the thing. Like, okay, if you are out on Twitter, like, I remember when we were banging on uh, Jamar Chase for drop issues. I remember in preseason when Jamar Chase couldn't catch a football. Like, so Quinton <laughs> Johnson is going to be fine. Yeah. Maybe Quinton Johnson is going to be fine, but you're still an idiot for saying that because this is not, like that Jamar Chase stuff was never, ever, ever like a part of his game. Okay. Like, the guy was a contested catch maven in college. Yeah. He has great hand technique and stuff. This, this stuff with um, Quinton Johnston is a continuation of what was happening with him as a collegiate player. Mm. Like this is these were issues on his game film uh, in any profile you read about him at TCU. Period. So that's a stupid comparison right there. Um, Eight point one percent drop rate for uh, Quinton Johnston in his reception perception sample from TCU. Forty six point two percent contested catch rate. Oh, for Quentin Johnston. And oh. I know he wasn't dealing with good quarterback play. Maybe some of those passages could have been straight up better, but you don't watch that player and not, and come away thinking like, ah, he's got to get better in contested situations. He's got to get better about extending his hands. He's got to get better about timing his leaps and timing when he throws those hands up and not just trying right. to body catch in tight coverage because he's got a big wingspan because he's got the potential to do it. And by the way, the Chargers and people watching Chargers practice couldn't go a day without putting like some highlight Quinton Johnston extending his hands catch up in training camp and <laughs> mini camp and all this stuff. So you know he can do uh -huh. it, but then he gets into the games and like real football adjacent, right? What we're talking yep. about with preseason and mm -hmm. these issues crop back up. I don't know. I'm not saying that it's like, oh, he's, it's over for him or this is bad, right? Like, that's crazy. But this is this is a concern that has he has dealt with even when he was a high-level collegiate uh, football player. I, I think it's worth wondering, like, can he exercise these demons? Because let me tell you what, if he can, there is a lot of really uh, – like, a lot of – really good stuff here uh, for Quinton Johnson beyond that and really important stuff that the Los Angeles Chargers need, but he just has to become more reliable and he has to, and he has to get some of this stuff out of his system, especially in contested situations, especially in contested situations. I don't care if like he drops, he can drop 8% of his targets every year. And I really don't care. Like I, right. I don't care. I straight up don't care about that. Like he can, they can throw him a third down pass and he can clank that thing off his hands even if he had like a mile to run and break tackles and do all the yak stuff that he's really good about. And I don't care. But if he can't exercise the contested catch demons, the tight coverage demons, yeah. that is going to be a problem for him. Well, it's it's a huge problem, especially considering where he's going to operate, right? When you're talking about a 6'3", 210-pound X receiver who's got a 40-and-a-half-inch vertical, don't know what his 40 time is, but it's fast. It's fast for his size. Yeah, he's fast. Um, uh, you know, this is going to be a guy that gets vertical on you. Well, guess what? In the NFL, uh, it, this is not the Big 12, guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is not the Big 12. All right. In the NFL, there's going to be tight coverage deep down the field almost every single play. So when you start talking about um, by the way, we call them 50-50 balls when we're talking about contested catch, are we not? And you're telling me he's got a 42% contested catch rate in college? Brother, that 
to me is a, uh, a huge, I don't know, man, that's a huge problem for me, man. I, I don't know that, that, that makes me a little bit worried about Quentin Johnson, bro. Like, is he going to be a situational player? Like, I think that's worth asking, right? Is he going to be a reliable enough guy that you're going to throw 130 to 140 targets to him at some point in the season? Like these are the these are the issues that yeah he's not, he's not gonna wash out of the league because of this stuff right he, he's not gonna be a no. bad player because of this stuff because I'll tell you what like there are signs and signals in his reception perception profile that he can actually be a really good route runner and like a really big like a good separator um, his work on slant routes was awesome his work on go routes was really good mm. his work on like post routes and cornerbacks were pretty solid as well um, but man again. There are there's some improvements that need to be happening in the intermediate areas for him, but you know he's not too dissimilar to uh, a guy like Brandon Ayuk, and you know I love Brandon Ayuk in, in the NFL, sure. but in, in college he was a guy who kind of struggled in that intermediate area. He was a guy who kind of struggled as like a traditional r- outside route runner, um, but he was great yak player. Uh, he didn't have the same contested catch issues, but like we know that once Ayuk got it down because he showed the signs and signals that he had like the fluidity and the athleticism to be a good route runner when he put the work in to become like a craftsman at the position. Now yeah. I think he's like the most underrated route runner in the NFL, like period. I think he's the most underrated receiver overall in the NFL. He's in that tier to me. Yeah. Um, I, I think that Quinton Johnson could get there from a separation perspective but like the hand stuff, just it it has to get better, and and they'll do some things. James, I think he's not going to play X receiver really for this Chargers team this year because Mike Williams is still there. Like when right. Mike Williams is on the field, he's going to be the X receiver for this team. I don't care about all these headlines, but oh, they're moving him into the slot. No, okay, sure, uh, he's going to be the X receiver <laughs> for the most part for this team. But like they can put Quinton Johnson off the line, they can use him as a flanker, they can move him around pre snap and get him like gadgety touches and stuff like that. But yeah, right. if he's going to reach his ceiling. Yeah, except what they did at TCU. But if he's going to reach his ceiling and be like a high, if he is going to be a high level number one receiver, it probably will have to be at X at some point. And I think these issues are going to have to get fixed. So again, the the Chargers spent a you know top twenty five pick uh, on Quentin Johnson. Um, you know he's a first round player. Uh, he, he's got the the size and athleticism that will make your jaw drop. Uh, I tell you, you turn on some of his highlights over at TCU, and man, when he just gets a full head of steam going, you're like, there's no stopping this guy. I mean, he's just, he's this massive player and he's just flying, you know, it's great. Uh, this is what the great Lance Zerline for, wrote for NFL.com uh, in regards to Quentin Johnston. Doesn't meet throws with desired arm extension and inconsistent finishing catches through contact. Again, these are just, these are concerns uh, that uh, are in his collegiate profile. And then when they talk to a, a anonymous NFC scout, um, you know, this is what he said, quote, he's got some freak athleticism in him. He's going to test great, but the hands are a concern. So yeah, um, when you start talking about the drops, I, I think, you know, that's, that's something that certainly you would have liked to see improved a, a touch, um, here in that first preseason look. And, and to Matt's point, the fact that the arm extension thing is, is such a, it's such an obvious, it's, it's so obvious the lack of arm extension, Matt, uh, in regards to this guy's game that, you know, people are, are writing about it on the regular, right? And that's what we saw in that first preseason game in that drop. He just, he didn't yeah. extend the arms and that's why he <clears throat> couldn't come down with that pass. That's a problem. I'll tell you what, I think I'll make a prediction right now. Quinton Johnston is going to be the most interesting player when we come, when it comes time to do the in-season reception perception rookie report, or like, mm. I'm I'm charting the first like three games of Quinton Johnson, right? Uh, for for the in-season <laughs> charting we're doing on the okay. site, I'll make that prediction right now because, uh, which by the way is, I'm the one who decides that. So what a stupid like, yeah, that there's a prediction that I control <laughs> the outcome too. But you get my yeah. point. I just think he's yeah, going to yeah, be a yeah, really yeah, important yeah. player to to look at very early on in the NFL because, um. I think there's a chance that like Josh Palmer, who you not a you know I'm not a big big fan of Josh Palmer's game, but not at all. Uh, like I don't think he stinks, but I just don't think he has like a very high ceiling. I think he was like a problematic figure for the Chargers last year. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's the third receiver ahead of Quinton Johnston to start the season because Johnston's oh having these issues, and he ha- was oh having drop issues in practice, and uh, like it's all again, it's all a continuation of the same stuff. 
So could they be like, all right, we're going to just have Josh Palmer be the third receiver to start this off. And like Quinton Johnson is like a situational fourth guy. Um, how is he doing in those situational fourth snaps? I think will be really important. And then how he progresses and, and if he's showing the route running signs and if he's showing like, all right, when they throw him the ball, is it reliable? Um, I think he's because he, he could be a guy that like is a fantasy football league winner in the second half of the year. He's hmm. someone that really is a key to the Chargers, you know, being a different offense. Like, like if they're going to throw the football downfield and like everybody wants them to this year, they're not doing that to Austin Eckler a hundred times again. They're not doing that to Keenan Allen like for 140 targets or 130 targets again. Like and Mike Williams is not a separation. I mean, he's better than people think, but he's not a separation guy. Like. And it's not right. Josh Palmer. Like it's going to have to be Quinton Johnston, and he's just got to have a better like his preseason two and preseason three games. Like I think they just like we got to see some better signals to be like, all right, this guy's going to be a day one starter for this team in eleven personnel. You talk about Joshua Palmer. Can I throw another name out there? Uh, how about Jalen Guyton? Remember him? Uh, he got injured in that first game with the Chargers. He was supposed to be the guy that took the lid off. He was supposed to be the lid lifter uh, for this Chargers offense. Um, again, you talk about situational deep threat guy. That's Jalen Guyton, 100%. Um, he's got familiarity with the quarterback. He's got familiarity with the, the Chargers as a team. It's not. It's a little bit concerning, I would say, when you're talking about a first-round draft pick with an incredible athletic profile. How much is he going to be on the field? I'm, 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 I'm asking this question dead serious. Joshua Palmer, Jalen Guyton, how much are these guys going to eat into a first-round draft pick's snap count at least early in the season? And, and to be fair, too, these rookie receivers, a lot of times, man, it takes a little bit of time to mature into their full right. game, you know? So, um, so I think that's at least fair, especially in the early part of the season. You know, you talk about that in-season you know, um, charting that you're going to be doing for Quentin Johnston. Boy, I tell you... I, I'll be more interested to see what he looks like in the early part of the season versus the 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 back half of the season, and that's totally. that's true with, with all rookies, right? A lot of these rookies gotta you know uh, they've got to age like a little bit like fine wine, man. They got to get used to that game speed, all those kind of kind of things. But I wouldn't be to your point. I would not be surprised if the Chargers turned around and said, "Hey, listen, um, Joshua Palmer's going to be in some situational you know snaps, Jalen Guyton." is going to be in some situational snaps. And we know they're not taking off Keenan Allen. We know they're not most likely not taking out Mike Williams. Um, it's probably going to be Quentin Johnston if we're talking about 11 personnel. You know what I mean? And, and then and, and what happens What happens if they feel this way and then like Mike Williams or Keenan Allen who have had injury issues of late get hurt? Like mm. they need – that's what I'm just saying. Like even if they think they can sprinkle this guy in, at some point they're going to need him. And, you know, again, I, 85th percentile, 74.8% success rate versus man coverage in college for Quinton Johnson. It wasn't the full route tree, but he just showed an ability to get open and get separation. And you watch the Chargers last year and they need someone to get open and get separation, especially once, especially when those other guys were missing. But even once they were back, they needed like a, a high level separator like that it, even just if it's on you know deep routes and and crossing routes and, and slant routes and stuff like that yeah i i look i i want to i want to bet on quinton johnson i just think like don't be surprised if like you exactly like james said that it takes a little longer than than we're thinking for him to get up to speed uh especially because he's just being it's it's the, the old demons from his college days haunting him yeah. right now yeah yeah no doubt um i i i'll say this too if they want to maximize I think what he can do they're going to have to find some gadget type plays for him you know maybe maybe even like you know shallow crossers or like drag totally. routes even to like just get him the ball while he's moving um and and show off a little bit of that athleticism you know uh just to kind of just to kind of get him loose a little bit I think would be would behoove him uh very much All right. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk about Kansas City here because, again, I started off the show by saying 
we want to love someone in Kansas City. That's a wide receiver. We just want to, you know. And, and right now, there's a lot of uh, there. There's a there seems to be a lot of digital ink being you know written about guys like Rasheed Rice, Justin Ross. So let's start there. Buy or sell Justin Ross as a sleeper. This guy ran 18 routes, had five targets, two catches for 29 yards and a touchdown. There's been a steady, look, people love talking about this in fantasy, a steady drumbeat, if you will, regarding Justin Ross. I, I, you know, again, people talk about Justin Ross as a, as a player that could potentially be a starting X receiver or be, just basically be a big part of this offense for the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know. Buy or sell Justin Ross as a sleeper, Matt Harmon. Uh, look, okay. I think it's just not that simple. <laughs> I think it's just not Fair. that simple because okay. here, here's what I will say with Justin Ross. Like, dude, if this guy makes the freaking roster, that's a win. Like just the fact that we're seeing him play a real football game. I mean, okay. Back to, back to real adjacent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Real adjacent for Justin Ross. Uh, playing a uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs in preseason, it's a huge win. This guy uh, missed his entire rookie season. He was on injured reserve uh, after being selected as an undrafted free agent. We know that um, he had so many injury issues. Uh, like uh, he missed the entire 2020 season after having a dynamic freshman season in 2018. Yeah, um, and then 2019. You know he has he has a year as well. And it was like 2019. He has a not as good of a season, but he was the, one of the best, one of the best freshman receivers ever, right? Like when he had one of the best freshman uh, receiving seasons of all time, did Justin Ross, um, you know, like Scott Baird has pointed out that like his yards per route run as a, as a freshman was just like absolutely insane. Uh, the, especially because he was playing with like T Higgins and Hunter Renfro, like guys who yeah, 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 yeah. became good players in the NFL. Like it wasn't as if he was competing with just like nobodies, but In 2020, he missed the entire season due to a congenital fusion condition of his neck and spine that required surgery. Sounds pretty serious uh, (laughs) for for Justin Ross. And I think, look, when he came back in uh, 2021 and he was dealing with, like, more injury issues then, the reception perception stuff wasn't good for Justin Ross in his final uh, collegiate season. Like, I'll just say that, like, coming to the draft that Mm -hmm. year. But, again, was it because he's dealing with injuries? I would say probably so. Um, Yeah. So it's just – him even being like on the roster would be a huge win for for Justin Ross, and like we should all be rooting for Justin Ross to to do that, right? And to somehow, if he recaptures his early career form, like yeah, we're talking about a great prospect. So, um, but at this point, I do expect him to make the roster. I don't expect him to start uh, because one thing we definitely learned in the first preseason game is like I think there's a clear three receiver set right now. And by God, it's MVS, Sky Moore, and still somehow Justin Watson for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> like, that's the three-receiver set. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, Rasheed Rice mixed in time with the starters. But yep. the three-receiver the three receiver set, I think, right now is MVS, Sky Moore, and Justin Watson. And, like, um, Andy Reid loves talk- Justin Watson. I don't really get I it, know. but it is what I it know. is. I know. I mean, he plays, like, 90% of the snaps and sees, like, one target a game. It's insane. Um but you talk about the injuries, not only the congenital sp- uh, spinal fusion uh, surgery that made him miss 2020, but then he missed his entire rookie campaign with a foot surgery, right? So this is, again, you're talking about the, the injury history really stacking up uh, for, for Justin Ross. So yeah, uh, this is, it's, it's an uphill battle for him, certainly. But man, I just, again, man, just seeing the training camp videos and, and the reporters and stuff talking about Justin Ross, then he goes out there and, and scores a touchdown. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty interesting. Like I said, you want to you want to love somebody in this Kansas City um, wide receiver room. It, for me personally, it's Sky Moore. I just think he he me brings too. the most versatility. Um, but again, Rasheed Rice is somebody that you profiled from a collegiate standpoint. Um, he saw some time with the starters. He 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 ran seventeen routes, earned four targets, got three catches for thirty yards. Uh, Rasheed Rice is, is he a sleeper? Um, that folks should be taking a little bit more seriously. Rasheed Rice, pretty similar to um, Justin Ross, that you know, he I think the, his reception perception profile is pretty injury tainted um, because he was playing with he was also playing with a foot injury during uh, that final collegiate season. And and weirdly, like I remember, he was kind of like, oh, he's going to be the like a big slot receiver, like because Brett Veach like made a kind of comparison his after catch stuff to like how Juju worked as their slot receiver. But I kind of think he's like a 
like he's an outside receiver to me. I think Rasheed Rice. I'm not sure what his slot rate was, uh, yeah, in, in in the preseason, but I think he's a guy that you do want to get him going after the catch because I think he brings uh, some juice there. Like I think that's probably where you're going to get the most out of him. But like the stuff I really want him to kind of develop on is you know as a nine route runner. Like he ran a ton of nine routes uh, in it's SMU. He was mostly a pure vertical route guy. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not, maybe I'm wrong. That's not his best game, but like, you know, he, they threw to him a ton of contest situations and he showed flashes of it, not consistent flashes, but, cons- but some flashes. Like, I think he should be an outside player for them. And like, Skymore is their slot flanker. And, you know, I think Rasheed Rice is probably still a developmental guy because he's coming from a lower level, just like Skymore was coming from a lower level. Right. But like, you're hoping that like Rasheed Rice is like pushing Justin Watson or somebody, um, <laughs> you know, to, to, to by the end of his rookie season. Um, 6'1", 204 pounds, athletic profile, very interesting. He ran a 4.51, which is not great, but I think that's fine. Um, at 204 pounds, you'd like to see it, you know, maybe cracking, you know, the four or five barrier, but that's okay. Uh, what you like is the 41 inch vertical though. That, that, that yeah. shows to me a lot of short area burst. Um, and I think you see it in his game tape too. He's got some, he's got some moves, man. Um, you know, he can shake free a little bit. Now, how much of that is the fact that he's playing at a lower level? Eh, hard to say, but I, I will say this. I, I like the fact that he can adjust to the ball in the air. Uh, I thought he had good body control. I thought he's got pretty good hands. Uh, what was his contested catch rate at, at SMU there, Matt? Oh, it was like sub 60%. It was not consistent. Like that was the thing with him was it was not consistent. I mean, he again, didn't have good quarterback play either. Like some of those passes right. could have been better. He had to win. He had to really attempt a lot of high degree of difficulty contested right. catches. But um, I do think he shows the flashes of being a good player there. Just the growth and development has to take place. We've talked about this a lot on this program, too, is the fact that rookie receivers, rookie players in Andy Reid offense generally don't do anything. You know, even the great Tyree Kill, you know, will slow out the gates. So maybe that is the way with Rasheed Rice as well. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in Sky Moore. Did you see anything from from that preseason action that – uh, you know, either gave you concern or you said, yeah, okay, this is, you know, it, it's Sky Moore. He, he can, he can do some things. Not, not really. I'll just say this. I'm, I'm going to have Sky Moore in the article 10 wide receivers, uh, reception perception likes ahead of consensus, mm-hmm. uh, this year for, for fantasy. Uh, I really like Sky. I've warmed up to Sky Moore a lot over the course of the process. And I expect him to lead the receivers and targets with a pretty decent gap at this point. Um, I think yeah. Sky Moore is a guy that like, Same. You get into like the later ish, mid mid to late rounds, more later rounds of your fantasy drafts. Like, I think you should be taking him uh, with some confidence there. And I don't know what his ceiling is necessarily from a production standpoint. You know, we know that Travis Kelsey is still going to be the lead uh, receiver on this team, but I do think yep. I've really warmed to Sky more as a guy that I think is going to lead the lead the team, uh, receive lead the receiver room and targets and catches and yards most likely this year. Look, Juju was really good for the Chiefs last year. He wasn't good in fantasy because he didn't catch touchdowns, but he was a good, reliable player for the Chiefs. He was easily their oh, best yeah. receiver last year. You know, he's a zone beater. I actually think Sky Moore has more ability to beat press man coverage than uh, than Juju Smith-Schuster did, but, and I think we'll see some of that as like a more dynamic slot and flanker player with his ability to beat man and press coverage. But, you know, it wasn't that it wasn't like a fantasy juicy uh, role again for Juju yeah. Smith Schuster. So we'll see for Sky more. But I think even if he's what Juju was last year, he's going to be um, that's a more win. valuable than his ADP or whatever. Yeah, that's a win. I think I think that's a win. Sky's going so late. He's he's going so late in drafts. People don't want to believe uh, that Sky Moore could be this guy. They really want, um, you know, some kind of outside player to, to kind of sort of take the control and take the reins of this Kansas city offense. And that's why I think people have gravitated and listen, I'm guilty of it too. I love X receivers. You know me, you know me, I love X receivers, you know, but Rasheed Rice being a a rookie in the Kansas city chiefs, you know, offensive system, I'll pass. Uh, And then again, Justin Ross, all the injuries and all that kind of stuff that it's interesting at least. um, And it's worth the conversation. Uh, He's a player that uh, I'm going to be keeping an eye, a, a very close eye on. 
um, for Kansas City in 2023. All right, so there you go, man. I, I, these are some of the takeaways that um, that Matt and I were kind of observing here for some high-profile names. When we come back to you in a couple of days, man, we'll, we'll talk about some more players. Um, certainly, I think JSN uh, had a good you know preseason too. Jordan Addison's usage I thought was really interesting too. Uh, and then Jaden Reed, another rookie there in Green Bay. Guys that we're going to be profiling here in the next few days and in the coming weeks as we fast approach week one of the NFL. All right, if you have stuck with us this long, man, we appreciate y'all, man. If you guys could just you know, subscribe to the show, that'd be awesome. If you guys could rate and review the show, that would help us a lot in terms of discoverability and those kind of things, man. Uh, but, but again, I, Matt, I, I just... You know, we got off the phone or we had a big meeting last week with the folks from Odyssey and the growth of this podcast has been really incredible. And man, I, I just want to thank all the listeners out there uh, for sticking with us in this offseason and, and, and helping the show grow to be what it's been, uh, you know, over the past month or so. Yeah, I'm very grateful everybody kind of giving the show a chance because, you know, it's like... It, I think it. I think we provide good information, but I also think we have a lot of fun, right? I mean, you and I talking is just easy. So it's, yeah, it's like everything else is every other podcast. You got to put some work in, but like you know, chopping it up with James and not saying that we don't put work in on this podcast, but you know, chopping it up with James and <laughs> talking about receivers is like that's just easy. It's natural, right? Um, so I, I appreciate everybody giving us a chance, and and look, hopefully, uh, this is just the beginning, right? Uh, I'm I'm yeah. very excited for where this podcast can go, and it's just great to. Great to be able to kind of, I think, look, even if you subscribe to the site, the Reception Perception site, and you read every profile, like, I still think the information, us, like, talking it out and bringing, like, like, we talked about Quentin Johnston's contested, like, I wrote three sentences on that, right? Like, and you yeah, see yeah, the yeah, data yeah. point, but, like, hearing us, I think, unpack it, hopefully, is also helpful for you to, like, understand it beyond that. Uh, that's the show. Like I said, man, like and subscribe if you would. That'd be great. By the way, find Matt on YouTube. He's got a great YouTube channel that uh, highlights a lot of these podcast clips for you. So there you go. All right, that's the show. We're going to be back with you here in a couple of days. For Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We'll see you. And remember, it's never too late to chase your dreams.